<laughs> Eric is Banana Man. You might want to think twice before, before driving tomorrow night. Here's why. According, according to AAA, Massachusetts has 56% more injury crashes on Super Bowl night compared to a few Sundays before or a few Sundays after. This is based on five years of Massachusetts data. 56% more injury accidents, according to AAA. And you know they do that kind of research. Now, the time period is from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And, you know, the game starts, what, round six? So 9 o'clock, especially if it's a blowout. You know, I guess the problem is, and you know what it is. I don't don't really need to, to tell you, but a lot of folks get behind the wheel and they've had a couple of too many to drink. That's why I prefer not to go out on on this night. It's like, it's, to me, it's it's like New Year's Eve. Why risk it? But be that as it may. People want to go out, you know, I, and I, as I say that, if, if I were going to a son's place or something like that, I, you know, I might go. I say I might, I, 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 I kind of want to stand by the fact that I say, you know, it's not one of those nights you really want to be out there. You know, when we were younger, you know, here we go again. When we were younger, the Super Bowl used to be played at a time when it was at least still light out. They used to play the game at 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. Now they start that game in prime time and they have the pre-Super Bowl shows that are on there and people are, they're getting liquored up at that particular time of the day. So, is it any wonder why there are more injury crashes on Super Bowl night? And what else happens on Super Bowl night? And another organization mentioned there, there's a lot of spousal and domestic violence on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't want to sit here and say I wonder why. But I think, I think um, many of us know what happens, sadly. 508-996-0500. Let's see, how do I want to do that? You know what? This is what we're going to do. We are going to go over to Studio 6 and 7 eighths. See how our good friend Jim is doing. And listen to our Town Square Sunday update. Hey, Jim. Morning, Brian. Good morning, everyone. Here's what's happening this week on Town Square Sunday. We'll meet Jaden Texera, a New Bedford business owner recently honored by the NAACP, Vistaprint, and the Boston Celtics Shamrock Foundation. Jack Spillane, columnist for the online newspaper New Bedford Light, will join us with his take on the latest local news happenings. 
And we'll meet Sarah Rose from the United Way of Greater New Bedford. We're talking about Changemaker Grants, where a small financial investment can help make big changes in your community. Join us for Town Square Sunday, Sunday morning at 6 and 11 on 1420 WBSM and 99.5 FM. Thank you very much, Jim. And um, I do want to get back into some Super Bowl stuff in, in just a bit. But right now, why don't we do the Bitcoin business barometer where we measure the universal crypto marketplace? I don't know if you know this, but Bitcoin has been on quite the ride. Coming in this morning, $47,211. I can't compare it to last week because yours truly forgot to pull the numbers, so I don't have last week's numbers. Ethereum, $2,493. Binance Coin, $322. Solana, $108. XRP is coming in this morning. At 52 cents. Cardano, 53 cents. And Avalanche is at $38 and change this morning. And that's your Bitcoin business barometer for today, February 10th, 2024. As you know, I get the numbers all the time from CoinMarketCap.com. CoinMarketCap. As I mentioned, Bitcoin has been going absolutely bonkers. It crossed over $48,000 Thursday into Friday. And according to Swan Bitcoin, and full disclosure, I do some work with Swan Bitcoin. But according to Swan Bitcoin, Bitcoin soared 5% yesterday. And 10% over the entire week. And you might be asking, why is it now a good time to buy it when it's going up? We're always told you don't want to hit the stock market as it's going up. You want to hit them when it's coming down and hope you get that swing when it's going back up. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. First and foremost, financial institutions like BlackRock and Fidelity, they are gobbling up Bitcoin ETFs at an alarming rate. This is Brian talking to you now, okay? But Swan Bitcoin will also back this up. And BlackRock and Fidelity They're kind of in a little battle between each other. It's a friendly one. They want to see who can have the most ETFs, Bitcoin ETFs. They're battling for number one, numero uno. Bitcoin savers are known as hodlers. I'm a hodler. And we hold on to our Bitcoin. 80% of hodlers have been holding on to Bitcoin since the beginning of this year. Here's the reason why, one of the reasons why. Maybe you saw Fed Chairman Jerome Powell on on, uh, 60 Minutes. He stated, 
we're on an unsustainable fiscal path. Okay, now he's talking about the greenback. He's talking about the money. We're on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. government is printing debt faster than they can monetize it. Powell acknowledged that there will likely be regional bank failures in 2024, this year. Regional bank failures. If that's not enough for you, Bitcoin's having, which means the amount of Bitcoin that you have splits in half while retaining its value. That's coming up in the next three to four months. Just another reason why folks are investing in Bitcoin at this particular time, as well as Bitcoin ETFs. Thought I'd throw that in there for you. Not that I expect you to go out and gobble up some Bitcoin because, again, a whole Bitcoin right now is going for 47000 and change. But you can get a piece of the rock. You can buy it in, in chunks. You can buy it in $10 and $25 increments. Do what you think is best. 508-996-0500. All right, back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. As you think back on all the different Super Bowls that you've watched, have you ever come up with a favorite Super Bowl ad? I have. This one is my second favorite. This one here. Mr. Green? Mr. Green? Yeah. You, you need any help? Mm-hmm. I, I just want you to know, I think, I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. Thanks. Remember that one? Do you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial? And as you think about the Super Bowl tomorrow, who do you like? And what are you going to eat? Now, I was thinking about that as I went to bed last night and pondered it a little bit more this morning. And I thought, you know, I always, I always make chicken wings. And I think this year I might want to do something different. Something, and when I say something different, it's not something that I haven't made before. But I have not done it for Super Bowl Sunday. I, I think I want to make seafood chili. Seafood chili. 
I don't know how cool the day is going to be, but one thing's for sure, there'll be enough left over for when that snow comes Monday night into, into Tuesday. So if you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial, you want to do a, a friendly wager, so to speak, on who's going to win the game, not what Taylor Swift is going to do, but who's going to win the game, I'm down with that at 508-996-0500. We have, we have talked quite a bit over the past couple of weeks about the CEO of Stewart Health Group. His name is Ralph De La Torre. Ralph believes two are better than one. Here's what I mean. As you know, Stewart is 50 million dollars in the red. They have been trying to get the state to help them out, bail us out. Well, we found out last week, courtesy of the Boston Globe, that this CEO, Ralph De La Torre, has a $40 million yacht. Yeah, $40 million yacht. And I stated, look, I can't tell him what to do, but you would think maybe, just maybe, he would sell that yacht and pony up a little of the money to help out his company, the company that he's CEO of. And I guess people think that's a bad idea. So whatever, bad idea. Another bad idea from yours truly. Well, guess what I found out yesterday about Ralph De La Torre, courtesy of the Boston Globe. Seems that Stewart's CEO really does believe two are better than one. Why? Because he has two yachts, one valued at $40 million, the other one at $15 million. Do you think that he could, he could help out his company? Am I, am I pleading too much here? Are you feeling sorry for Stewart? Or are you feeling sorry for the CEO? By the way, as you know, Stewart has under its umbrella Hawthorne. And I'm at Hawthorne on Monday, two different times. If they're not listening to the show right now, believe me, the folks that I talk to, including the medical person who's going to take my temperature and do that kind of stuff, and the receptionist and, and folks like that, I'm telling them that their CEO has two yachts. Two yachts valued at $55 million, both of them. What do you think of that? Not you, them. Ralph De La Torre. Not bad. 
Why does he have two? Can't he, maybe he can't sell one of them. I don't know. I had to do this one. Sometimes you don't want to do them. But it's better that you do. So, you know about the border crisis. You know the stuff that's happening down in Texas. Where there's barbed wire separating a park and the Texas Rangers and many of their people are doing their their best to keep the Border Patrol from cutting that barbed wire. But which, by the way, the Supreme Court says they have a right to do But at any rate, they are down there and the rangers and sheriff's deputies and sheriff's deputies from around the country are down there at that part of the Texas-Rio Grande-Mexico border to keep people from coming into the United States. Now, I have been thinking that Governor Abbott, the governor of Texas, was doing a lot of this at this particular time because it is an election year. Now, it's not that Abbott hasn't been complaining about border security. He has. But he really didn't start taking action until just a little while ago. Well... Come to find out, come to find out that the United States has a lot of security right now over Houston, Texas. Aerial surveillance over Allegiant Stadium. That's where the Super Bowl is going to be played. Lots of security. Just a few miles away in rural Houston, A booming, and I do mean booming, new community. Hello, chicken. (laughs) Welcome to Texaco. (laughs) It was about nine in the morning. And I was at a taco stand in Liberty County, Texas. Now, I've had my share of Mexican food up to this point on my Lone Star Adventure. I'd been to the food trucks in Austin, had fish tacos by the water. But I did not think I'd be eating in a peculiar place like this that morning outside of Houston. So where in the Texas are we anyways? We're here. We're about 45 minutes away from the fourth biggest metro area in the U.S. We're in Colony Ridge in Liberty County, and technically within the borders of a place called Plum Grove, Texas. 
Colony Ridge is this vast, unincorporated subdivision carved out of what was once a soggy, forested patch of no man's land. It's not very desirable out here. And that's why all these people are out here. This place has grown so fast that most of the roads I was on hadn't even been mapped out by Google yet. But here's the latest satellite view. You can see just how fast all this is being built. And there is a lot of room to expand. A whole bunch of room, to be honest with you. That's Nick Johnson. Nick, I guess, makes a living going around the country. And at this particular time, he has been down in Texas. He went down to the border and then he made his way up to Liberty County, which is outside of Houston. And what did he find? He found a housing community being built primarily for illegal immigrants. I'm telling you, he uh, Nick has uh, about a half hour video on YouTube. You can check it out for yourself. And he titles it, I found a massive immigrant community being built near Houston. It caught my attention and I watched and it's unbelievable. And and there's a part in this that really, really dropped my jaw. And I don't know why, because I should know better after all of these years. But turns out that Governor Abbott and the lieutenant governor know about this community. Not too many people in Texas do, but the governor does, and so does the lieutenant governor. Now, for a governor who has been steadfast against illegal immigrants coming into the country, never mind his state, to allow this expansive... Oh, I said expansive. What does that mean? Well, they, the people that are building this community, have room for up to 250,000 people. 250,000 people. Now, Nick, he, you know, he said Mexicans, but what he later says in, in another part of this video is, it's not just Mexicans, you've got Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, all kinds of folks moving into this community. How do they find out? I bet you they didn't find out from Maura Healy because she wants folks to move up here. But the mere fact that the governor of Texas knows this and hasn't really come out and said anything about it gives me pause to wonder exactly what's going on, Governor. You're having a great riffraff with the Biden administration. But the fact of the matter is, you've got a colony growing right there in your own state, and you're not saying anything about it. It'd be one thing if you said something and maybe couldn't do something about it, but you're not saying anything about it. You know about it. You know about it, and I suppose you are allowing it to happen. Shame. 
Shame on Governor Abbott. 508-996-0500, which, which brings us, let's bring it right back home. The Healy administration is busy. She's not. She's out of town again. But the Healy administration is busy, 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 busy looking for empty office space to house an influx of migrants. You know, didn't she put a cap on how many folks could be here? Wasn't it somewhere around 7,500 yet? We still have the influx. So she is looking at empty office space over in the Seaport District. And I'm thinking, how long will it be before her administration starts looking, looking at some of the closed mills and factories in New Beige and Fall River. It's a possibility. And why do I say it's a possibility? Well, a globe analysis, don't you love, don't you love that? A globe analysis found that of the 94 communities hosting emergency shelters, more than half of those communities have a median Household income below 100,000. Doesn't that fit New Bedford? Doesn't that fit Fall River? There are nine communities with household incomes above 150,000. Hmm. Well, We've already had folks in Dartmouth and Fairhaven. Lexington, Acton, Concord. How long will it be? How long will it be? Look, there are still some factories in the backyard. Don't you think that just maybe, just maybe, that... The administration will say, hey, you got a lot of open space here. It's not a rec center. You think that we can put some folks up here for a while? We'll pay for it. It'll only be for a short time until we get get things situated. Would that be all right with you, Mr. Mayor? Would that be okay, City Council? Would that be okay, Superintendent of Schools? You'll get more money. 508-996-0500. Hello. Morning. Morning. (laughs) Welcome back. You're done with the polar polar tournament up in New Hampshire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, was, uh, was fun. It was a little slushy on one day. They actually, some of the guys weren't even wearing skates. It was so slushy uh, to, you know, it's sort of junior hockey. It's not really like, you can't get a, of, you can't get full strides up, and it's a smaller rink. It's uh, the right amount of people. You don't have high boards. Um, you you got to be careful. It's it's like backyard hockey uh, more than anything. But anyway, okay, it was fun. Um, I kind of you know Governor Abbott's actually done us all 
a great favor, almost like he's been the president for a while, especially with this issue, because, um, and he's, he's only done a fraction of the movement of people from Texas to the north, um, to wherever. Um, but people do come in and they go to the federal government, you know, you know, table or they check in and they say, where do you want to go? And the federal government sends them. So it's not just Governor Abbott sending them, but I think that, uh, between the Martha's Vineyard stop and what's going on in Chicago and New York and Boston, um, and kind of leading to where you're at is you get the governor that's, uh, now on a full-time crisis. Uh, uh, you know, if you didn't have the illegal alien problem on the volume that it is, should be focusing on things that are more logical for the for the state, trying to you know manage the state better. But but now she's managing a crisis, and that's going to be you're talking about Maura now, Maura Healy. Maura, sorry, okay. I switched to Maura. Sorry, um, and and I think that she's managing a crisis now, and that's going to continue whether it's her or the next governor, because the people coming across at what they said the, the fiscal year started in October for the federal government said so four million came over since October. Um, they're going somewhere. And if they can't, I guess as a country, we've decided that we're going to enable them at a high level. You know, you, they're not just coming in and then they're going to sleep on the streets and figure those, figure things out. And, you know, yeah, uh, but at, at this community that I'm talking about in Texas, I didn't play the whole video. It's 28 minutes. Check it out for yourself. Um, folks are moving there and they're buying land. And then in some instances, they will turn around and buy a trailer to put the trailer up on that land until they can make enough money to to maybe build a house on it. Some of them are building houses on that. This is a sprawling community. This isn't just, you know, a few people squatting. These are people that somehow have the money to 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 buy this land and they're they're. You know, they're gonna they're gonna start building schools. Well, but this happened with the Vietnamese community in the seventies. Um, but they were allowed in. <laughs> well, again, but they with little assistance. Uh, they they came in and they built a community in you know, actually mostly in Texas, um, and um, and some of the highest scores in in high school and in in some of the best schools in college because. Um, you know, they were motivated to do that. And, and, uh, I'm sure that there's people coming from other countries, like you're saying that are going to do the same thing. They're going to band together and, you know, pool money and, you know, uh, kind of like, uh, it's the, it's the movie. It's a wonderful life. You know, they, they, pooled, <laughs> yeah. their, they pooled their money and they, they fixed up that little, uh, Bedford community. <laughs> no, no, you, you've got that right. Got to let you go only because of yeah. time, but, um, you know, at least the governor could come out and say that this is what's going on. Yes, it's called me and ABC News at the top of the hour. And then we'll get back to your phone calls. Immigration, immigration, immigration. There was a survey done dealing with the right to shelter law 